Welcome back to Establish the Collection, officially episode 42, but I'm going to dub this the official episode, the start of season two of Establish the Collection, because we're literally days away from our podcast anniversary. We kicked this thing off a year ago, and not only that, but you guys have probably missed us because we're coming uh, hot off a three-week layoff. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Gary Hartman. I don't even know where to begin. It hasn't really been a vacation, per se, for either you or myself, Uh, but it's been a couple of weeks off. Gary, how are you doing, buddy? I am good, man. I was going to say the same thing to you. Happy Potiversary. Uh, It's been a pleasure this last year, and I know just bigger and better things ahead. So really excited to hit a year. We're on our Jackie Robinson episode number 42. Um, but yeah, man, like, so, sorry to all the the fans and listeners out there. You guys are great. You're loyal. Uh, you know, we had a little hiatus here. Uh, I had a little bit of a week and a half bout with the COVID. Uh, finally hit me two years into this thing. Uh, then had the holidays. Uh, obviously, Cody starting up USFL and all the great stuff over as director of niche sports at, at ETR. So just been a crazy couple of weeks, but we're back. We'll be here weekly, uh, you know, through the spring and summer. Uh, so really excited to be, to be back and dive right in because there's a lot to catch up on. I was going to say that the, the NFL playoffs had canceled COVID because there were no issues with, with COVID during the NFL playoffs. And for the most part, the NBA playoffs and play-in series have canceled COVID, except for Paul George, if I remember correctly, has, yeah. has dealt with COVID. But for whatever reason, Gary Hartman could not cancel COVID. It's, it's it. still running rampant there in New York, apparently. Yeah, the last couple of weeks in New York were hit hard. I think we're kind of coming back at the back end of it now. Yeah. But I, I got I got hit. Well, my wife did, and, and then she gave it to me. Uh, got hit <laughs> uh, right at the peak of when we had another little bump in uh, you know the BA2 variant of Omicron, which uh, I think is going to start making its way around the country a little bit. But but you know in New York first, so feeling great now though. Never really you know it was just a bad cold. I know you dealt with it with the family uh, a couple months ago. Um, but yeah, I mean feeling refreshed now feeling good to go you know nba playoffs have been awesome we're crushing it crushing it i mean our projections are dominating the industry right now we had another sub win the 100k dk gpp last night for nba wow. um so you know props have been going strong so we're in the home stretch of nba i'm joining cody every thursday on the usfl live stream show so if you're interested in some usfl uh, dfs some usfl betting advice you should definitely join us out over there only 119 bucks for the season i believe right uh for you USFL. nailed it man i I'm yeah. ready. This this pod is going to serve as like a respite from from USFL for me yeah. because I'm I rewatched two entire games <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> manually charting plays and routes run and snaps, and then of course our good friends at PFF, Ian Harditz and and Dwayne McFarland shared some good information for us. But highly suggest it uh, if you guys did not get in on the ground floor with the USFL. I think it was a successful launch for us, not so much for DK uh, or maybe the USFL no. in terms of fan turnout. But uh, I think we did pretty well. We're going to con- continue to crush it. Uh, for as long as contests continue to be offered for and, and put out prop bets and everything else that we can. But people aren't here for that. People no. missed us for three weeks. They, did, they didn't come here to, to listen to us talk about USFL uh, or the COVID stuff as much as they care about you and I. They're here for the goods, man. And, and no better way to kick off this show than with everyone's favorite segment. We got to start things right. Start things right with season two. Winning formula with Gary Hartman. It's been a while since we've talked F1. It's been a while since, frankly, we've talked anything, but especially F1. Yeah. Can you catch us up on all the action in the racing world over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, yeah, I definitely can. Um, you know, been a great start to the season so far. Um, man, we need like a soundbite for for the start of the F1 segment. I just feel like I hear F1 cars <laughs> in my head, the vroom vroom or, or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, anyway, we've, we've had a couple, we've had now, you know, two weeks off between the last race. We have another race coming up in Imola in Italy this Sunday. But, you know, the story of the season continues to be uh, Charles Leclerc for 
uh, Ferrari and Ferrari just dominating. Uh, Leclerc has won uh, two of the first three races of the season. He is uh, far and away um, in uh, the, the 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 driver's seat, if you will, um, for for uh, you know the, this the season so far. Uh, first in in points, um, and you know Ferrari just continues to dominate in in a lot of different ways. So I think there's no no better place to start uh, than looking at Charles Leclerc. Charles Leclerc, Charles Leclerc, whatever you want to call him, you can do with the S, without the S, silent, without the silent, uh, starting with his card market, which has been, you know, really, really crazy. And, you know, people are kind of anticipating that this is his uh, driver's championship to lose. Um, you know, I think he will be, he and Ferrari will be the favorite in every race until further notice. And, you know, his card market has certainly been reflective of that. I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I sold right after his first win of the season, just his base Sapphire variation card. So the variation looks like this, where he's, he's sitting down. Uh, this is the gold out of 50 that I have prepped to go to PSA, but I sold the base, uh, for 720. And it looks like I just went on card ladder and that's exactly what they have it valued at. So I think I set the new wow. market uh, for, for that base <laughs> variation because, uh, you know, and that's, you know, up crazy numbers. I mean, just if we're talking that card, uh, that's up 300% over the last like three months, I believe, uh, up 725 to $725 right now. Uh, and you'll see that across all different types of Charles Leclerc. Uh, cards, his regular refractor non-sapphire is up a thousand percent over the last year. That was going for uh, less than a hundred dollars a year ago today, and is now going for uh, almost eight hundred. So you're going to see that across the board for someone like him. We spoke about him as you know being in that top five driver group as it was. He was one of the hottest names for for many years. Ferrari signed him uh, to come and be kind of their 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 driver of the future a couple of years ago. And now that they have the car to match, it's all kind of coming into place for him. So you know definitely. I uh, wouldn't recommend buying right now unless you're uh, really excited about uh, Ferrari and what they have going on. I, I am a believer that they can they can take this thing home this year, but the prices are are insane. Uh, as is the entire F1 market, it stayed very hot. Anything else we need to we need to touch on before we get into the rest of the topics for today's show? Because we'll be talking F1 now consistently throughout the rest of uh, the F1 racing calendar. Any other names that have stood out to you over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, you know, everything behind Ferrari is really in flux right now. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. People are really worried about Mercedes, uh, you know, not having the pace. And it looks like they started to find it uh, a couple of weeks ago in Australia. George Russell, um, you know, back on the podium, you know, we spoke a lot about Russell at, at length. And he's actually second in the driver's championship right now because of all the, uh, you know, reliability issues that Red Bull has had. So while they may be the second fastest car, uh, they do they are not a reliable car right now. So if Mercedes is back and now they've had two weeks to really ramp things back up, I think you're going to see George Russell prices start to soar again as him and Lewis Hamilton have similar pace at the time. Obviously, Hamilton uh, cards continue to set records and his his uh, prices continue to stay. The only thing I'll, other thing I'll add is um, keep an eye on McLaren. Um, you know, they struggled really, really, uh, you know, heavily in the first two races of the season. It looks like they figured out some stuff with the technical stuff behind their car. Uh, we're much faster in in um in in uh, Australia two weeks ago had a five and six finish they uh, look to be you know coming up they have a Mercedes power unit as well so if Mercedes is figuring some things out with that power unit uh and you know just in general those two teams are figuring things out with the quirks that they had I think Lando Norris uh will be someone that is priced are only going to go up as this year goes on and McLaren finds their pace so yeah I mean you know all the big names staying strong in the market even with the Red Bull issues Max Verstappen holding strong his raw um you know just raw chrome uh, um refractors like a $700 card still so you're seeing crazy numbers at raw prices for for all these guys all right from your niche sport to my niche sport i feel like we we almost did my boy and now you're officially your boy too just by default hamzat Shemayev dirty because we haven't recorded we didn't record the week leading up to his fight 
and we haven't recorded since he won against Gilbert Burns at UFC 273. Um, but I think in, in, I was doing a live show with Peter Overzet and, and a bunch of other guys during I that was, fight. I was and tuned I, in. I literally couldn't even talk because I was just, I, I was at the edge of my seat. I, I don't know if I took a breath the entire length of the fight. Anyway, we should, we should just start on the front end that he did win that fight, despite yes, what some people may lead you to believe uh, he did win that fight. It was an awful Awful game plan from Hamzat Chemaev. The He was the number 11 ranked fighter in the welterweight division, though people know that he's up there towards the topper echelon of that group, even before uh, the fight at UFC 273. But he came out just straight brawling with Gilbert Burns, who was the number two ranked welterweight prospect in that division, is an absolute mauler himself and has taken uh, the current champion, Kamar Usman, into deep waters as well. So like he comes out, he's throwing haymakers, really poor defensive boxing, just not, not moving his head very much, just getting clipped. And then he drops Burns uh, towards the beginning of, the, uh, of round one, starts to lay on some ground and pound. And I'm thinking, oh, baby, here we go again. We're going to get another first round finish of probably the second or third best welterweight in the entire division. And then the hype's just going to be astronomical. He goes down, he starts to lay in some shots. He gets in some elbows, cracks Burns really bad. And then Burns starts throwing... Uh, haymakers himself from his back is looking for some some grappling from his back and looking for p- possibly throwing a submission attempt and i think hamzat respected that enough to like back off and so you see him during the fight he backs off and kind of does a little shimmy in his face and and they stand it back up burns goes out and wins round two like i think pretty clearly wins yeah. round two so hamzat's <laughs> gonna go out and actually show something in round three not just only to, to, to win this fight but to kind of keep this train rolling uh and in round three i think a lot of people will tell you that it could have gone either way. I think that Hamzat controlled that round for the most part, kind of had him up against the cage at certain times. Um, but man, it was, it, it came down to a decision. Hamzat eventually wins the unanimous decision. And then there's a lot of stuff coming out after the fact that, you know, like the hype train is, is over. Uh, you know, this, this, this is kind of what happens when you face the top end of the division. But I think this was probably the best thing that could have happened for him. Like this was going to happen at some point or another. It's probably better that it happened against Gilbert Burns, who again is a, a very, very, very good fighter than happening against Colby Covington or uh, Kamar Usman in a, in a championship fight, because he would have gotten beat if that were the case. He just would have gotten outpointed. Um, but he wins the decision. I think he learns a lot. This is good for him. He's 27 years old. This is the first time he's really ever been tested as a UFC fighter. Is still young in his fight career. This is just his fifth fight in the UFC. He gets that test. He gets that true ultimate test. And now What's next for him is going to be Colby Covington or Kamara Usman. He's going to go back, have a nice, long, extended training camp, and then probably fight one of these next two guys. I'm, I'm assuming now, given the way that that fight went, it's Colby Covington instead of Kamara Usman for the belt. But I think this is a good next step for him. And, and I think that you have a good decision point coming up when that fight does get announced. I would imagine it's six months or more from now. So you still have some time to kind of think about what you want to do with your Hamzat cards. But that fight's going to basically be 50 50. I think he'll come in as a slight favorite. That's kind of where pre-fight odds have it pegged right now. Um, but you're going to have a decision point when he goes into that fight against Colby Covington, if that's who it is, it's going to be pretty much a toss up and Colby Covington is the type of fighter that could wrestle with him a little bit, uh, could outpoint him in a three or five round decision. And I think that if you decide at that point that this is where you're going to step off the Hamzat train, I won't be personally. I'm just writing this thing to my grave. I think at this point I've taken 
what little profits off the table that I want to. Uh, but I think at this point, I'm just, I'm just riding with it. Uh, at that point, when that Colby Covington announce, fight is announced and as, it, as we approach fight day, I think if, if that's a decision where you're ready to hop off that train, there's a legitimate chance that he ends up getting beat there. And then you're, you're kind of crawling your way back to you know, future title contention. And certainly the hype won't be the way it has been for the last couple of months. So just something to keep in mind as we start to move forward in the, the fight career of Hamzat Chmaev, because there's no longer any cupcakes on the schedule. Uh, what, what amazing hype that he did have leading into the Gilbert Burns fight has somewhat quelled a little bit and, and rightfully so. Um, but you know, once we get into those fights with, with guys like Usman and, and Colby Covington, you have real decisions to make. I think if you're a collector. Yeah, for sure. And we should say it was a great fight and, you know, credit, credit yeah. to Burns, you know, really exciting, exciting fight. And, you know, he still came out with the, the with the dub and, you know, I, the only, it's just such a unique sport where like there could be disappointment that he didn't come out and just dominate <laughs> right out the gate and, you know, have a first round knockout like a lot of people were expecting. Uh, but that's okay. It's good for a young fighter to be tested, in my opinion. And, you know, you mentioned a really interesting thing. And this is where I think from, you know, from a macro view with, with UFC cards, it's such a unique sport where timing out windows is very specific yeah. to it because, you know, you might have a guy, um, I know like, you know, that, that might have three fights in a four month period and then Conversely, you might have a guy like like probably like this where they build things up and you might have anywhere from four to nine months in between a, a fight, right? Or, or, or you know, right. sometimes even longer. So trying to figure out when the hype might uh, die down, people, you know, not really in, in the minds of collectors and buyers when might be a good time to buy uh, is such an interesting uh, thought. You know, I'm just taking a look at, you know, his silver raw card. Doesn't look like it took too much of a hit over the last month or so. Um, two weeks, it's down a little bit to around $300 uh, on card ladder, uh, that thing saw peaks uh, around April 9th, I guess, was that right before the, the fight of $435. Yep. Um, so, you know, a little bit of a hit, but, you know, overall, I, I think, you know, I'm with you still bullish long term on your boy. And, uh, you know, don't let the overreaction of one, you know, guy that kind of gave him a little bit of a test uh, deter your long term outlook. And I will say stuff is mostly flat or slightly up across the board over the last, you know, 30 days, just looking at things from, uh, and, and again, keep in mind, I don't know if, if for, for people that don't remember when we first talked about this product, this 2021 UFC prison product was not great from a quality control standpoint. Yeah. So if you find anything in a PSA 10, it's worth taking a look at if you're interested in, in investing. But a lot of this stuff is going to be PSA nine or pretty much accepted raw just because centering's bad. There's issues with like, I've got cards with like legitimate defects, dimples, scratches, things like that so uh keep that in mind that like psa 10 pop counts are going to be super low so when you can find it and, and you want to get your hands on it you certainly can but like his base in a psa 10 is up 14 percent. a neon green out of 75 is up 13 percent. most everything else is, is relatively flat you won't see these go for auction uh you know too often although you're starting to see more of the 2022 stuff come out which i will say and and we'll finish the hamzat stuff here if, the, if they're will be a dip when his name is kind of out of the fight lexicon over the next couple of months as you know, our, our attention turns elsewhere. Uh, Colby Covington is 34. Kamara Usman is 34. If you, for whatever reason, after that fight, don't believe in Hamzat Chemaev, there's two guys in this division that I think have like legitimate ability to be a champion. If it's not going to be Hamzat and that's Shafkat Rachmanov, who I've talked about a lot in the past and Sean Brady. These guys are 26, 27 years old. They're rookies from that 2022 UFC prism class. And now would be the time to buy because they're going to start fighting more and they're going to start getting this kind of built up level uh, where Hamzat was. And if Hamzat's not the, the next UFC welterweight champion, then I, I think it's one of these guys and where you can pick up the rookie cards raw for, for ultra cheap, I would be trying to do so. 
Yeah, that's a great point. And we should say, I mean, the hype hasn't gone too far. We mentioned how that 2022 class was Hamzat's first autographs. Just looking at 130point.com right now, uh, just a base, non-refractor, non-silver auto sold for $1,526 four days ago. So that's just Man. a base raw, wow. uh, you know, the red uh, two days prior to that was a little over three grand. So that's out yeah. of 99. So like the numbers are still there for, for him. Like you're not getting crazy discounts just because he had a little bit of a disappointing fight. Um, so anyway, something to keep in mind as you know, those cards hit the market more in the 22 class. Um, we should, we should talk macro view real quick with those products. Uh, you know, F1 2021 boxes still creeping up a little bit. They're, they're at around $1,300 for the Chrome still no update on the Sapphire release. So that'll be really interesting to track. Um, I'm not sure if you've been keeping an eye on the UFC boxes or not, but I know, um, you know, those were, were staying around uh, release price for a while, but I haven't looked in a couple of weeks. They, they, I just looked because I'm holding on, uh, holding on to one more box right now. I've got sitting over here. Um, they're dipping for whatever oh, yeah. reason. Those, those, those boxes are dipping a little bit right now, around 700, uh, 750 uh, at, at eBay. So if you're looking for that, I probably would not be looking at my local hobby shop anymore because they're probably not adjusting prices down. Yeah. Uh, but if you are looking to get your hands on actual, you know, sealed product, I would be looking in the eBay streets, seeing those things ending around 700, $750 at this point. Yep. Yeah. Very interesting. Keep to keep an eye on that stuff. We'll see. I mean, it's possible that if one of those rookies that you you mentioned kind of starts popping yeah. over the next six months to a year, that these things fly right up. So, you know, there's a ton of rookies in that class. So I, I would keep an eye on on wax prices there for sure. Um, right. It's it's yeah. only fitting. It's it's episode 42. We're roughly a week after Jackie Robinson Day and yep. and you talked last time about a, a Bobby Witt card that we didn't even really know or you didn't really even know the value of. Uh, uh, when, when we were recording, I kind of broke that news to you on card ladder, which is always fun. Uh, yeah. But it is time as you pull up Bobby with there on the screen, it is time to take a look at some of baseball's hottest prospects. We're two weeks ish into yeah. the season now. So I don't know where, where do you want to start macro view? Do you want to start with any specific player? Where do you want to start with, with baseball right now? Yeah, so I want to do rapid fire, and you know we'll keep an eye on baseball uh, as we go here, and with more veteran stuff. But I want to do rapid fire on the trend that we saw that we've anticipated might happen on our last episode. That um, you know the, some of the top 10, 15 prospects in baseball are making their teams out of camp with some of these new rules in the CBA, and teams just not caring as much about you know service time. So we did see that with uh, four of the top like 15 prospects in baseball made their teams out of camp, highlighted by by, by Bobby Wood Jr. And we are now two and a half ish weeks into the season, and we're seeing the same thing with all four of these guys. And I'm going to go quickly through all of them. Uh, all four of them have struggled out of the gate. And again, something to really keep in mind with baseball is you have crazy opportunities when guys are down. And this is one of those times. So, you know, that doesn't mean that their their prospect lives are changing or their outlook is changing at all. They've just struggled at the plate in their first two and a half weeks of Major League Baseball. So Bobby, well, let's start with him, um, is currently batting 139, has five hits and 36 at-bats. He's stolen a couple bags. Uh, he has one stolen bases. Hasn't hit his first career home run yet. Um, certainly struggled. The Royals are not deterred. They're putting him right in the middle of that lineup every single day, starting at third base. He will turn it on. However... We saw crazy peaks when we, there was anticipation that he was going to hit the majors out of camp. He was like the number one consensus prospect in baseball. So over the last two weeks, as he struggled, he is down. He's down quite a bit. Um, PSA 10, the base Bowman Auto, just base Chrome, not refractor, nothing, uh, in a PSA 10 is down to $2,500. That was up to right around 4K right before the season. So you're going to see a $1,500 decrease over the last two weeks in that. I'm sure this gold this gold Chrome card, depending on what I want to do with it, would not go for the dollars $60,000 or $80,000 if it transferred to a PSA 10, it would go anymore. I Now, for things like that, I would anticipate still holding a premium because they are the numbered uh, things like, you know, stuff like that. However, I think for things like 
just the base Bowman, the PSA 10s, Chromes, things like that, I do think right now is a very good time to buy. Because the second these guys turn it on, you're not going to get right back to that pre-season hype unless they like go crazy, crazy, you know, not so Shohei, Shohei Otani stuff. But you will get way closer to that than what you're seeing um, you know, as these start to dip right now. So I would be buying while these guys are still struggling. Uh, Wit is one uh, that I think, you know, certainly has the, the upside to go back up. Maybe not to that 4K range on that base Bowman Auto, but maybe in the mid threes. So I think there's interesting room there. The next guy that I want to talk about, Spencer Torkelson, Tigers, uh, was the first overall pick uh, only a couple of years ago. Uh, made the team starting every day at first base for the Tigers. Um, he stayed a little bit more flat. He's actually had the most success of these four guys that we're going to talk about. Um, still not anything crazy, batting 207, but has hit two homers um, in his first two weeks here. Looks pretty comfortable at the plate. I anticipate this guy being like a 230, 30, 40 homer guy every year. Uh, you know, power hitting first baseman, which do hold uh, in the market. He is down a little bit, though. Raw base. Bowman Auto. There isn't as much sample for him in PSA because he was uh, a full Bowman draft class later, so a set and a half later uh, than than, or at least one set later than Wit. Uh, but you know, so he doesn't have too much stuff slabbed up yet. But his raw Bowman base auto is around five hundred fifty dollars right now, which was around seven hundred dollars right before the season. So about a hundred fifty dollar dip there. Um, still bullish on someone like him, but you know, he haven't seen the most movement on Torkelson right now. Uh, another big prospect, top five prospect in baseball that, that broke the Mariners camp, Julio Rodriguez, uh, has seen a huge dip and he has really struggled. Uh, maybe the most out of all these guys, uh, 143, um, to start. Actually, I guess it's similar to Witt. He's actually stolen four bases. So he's shown his speed, he's shown his athleticism, but also only five of 35 from the dish. Again, super small sample sizes here. Uh, but we are seeing he just his base non-auto PSA 10 has a huge pop of like 6k. So I think it's an interesting card to look at, um, is down 40% the last two weeks. Uh, about a $100 card right now on a PSA 10 for that base Bowman non-autograph card was up to around $200 before the season, uh, 190s. So you're like a 45% dip there. Um, and then what, you know, those are all the big AL names. One NL name, CJ Abrams, uh, Padres guy who's been like a top 20 prospect in baseball for the last couple of years. Uh, shortstop, second baseman plays, plays a little both. Same thing, batting 115 from the plate, three of 26 from the dish right now. Has hit one home run, uh, down a little bit. His stuff, to, uh, his just base Bowman Auto, uh, going for about $280 raw right now, was going for about $330 to $350 before the season. So you're seeing the same trend for all these guys as they struggle out the gate. Definitely buying opportunities across the board here for all these different types of prospects. And this is something we've spoken about from a macro view for as long as we've been talking about baseball here. These guys hit their peak with the hype coming right into a season before they get called up. And if they struggle at the dish, you're going to see that reflected in their card prices. It's funny to think back, like knowing what has happened to start their careers, if you could have just maximized that window to, to sell, right, as they were entering the big leagues before they'd even taken a bat, an at-bat, and then buying again right now, yeah. waiting for that natural trend up. You could, like, like not that we're here to, to perfectly time markets, although we kind of understand the trends of these things. Like, it's interesting to know how these ebbs and flows, as you see them happen in real time how you can just make profits that way just by simply knowing when to buy and when to sell. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's such a fascinating, um, you know, market is, is the baseball prospect card market. Um, you know, the, the, there is risk to that sometimes too. Like, obviously if somebody comes up and starts smashing right away, which you really don't see that much in baseball, but it's not unheard of, obviously. Um, you know, what we saw with Wander last year is he struggled his first two weeks and then he started smashing towards the end of the year last year, right? I anticipate at least two of those four guys that I just mentioned will be in the rookie of the year conversation. They're going to be starting to hit, again, 
Sample sizes in baseball are so, so it takes a while to get a real sample size under your belt. It's not like NBA, you know, you need, you need some real data behind you, but you can get a good idea about how teams are going to play in three weeks. We are still at the infancy of this baseball season, uh, 10 games in or so. Remember, these are really long seasons. Um, you know, let's check back in on these guys in midsummer and see if they're still struggling in the 100s in the batting average, you know. Um, but for now, definitely some buying opportunities, I think, in for baseball prospects. All right. The, pe- the people want to know because I'm tracking along with them. I'm going to write names down as you tell them. Is there one name out of the guys that you listed or anybody else that maybe you didn't even list that you would identify now as a buy more so than the rest out of this out of this prospect group? Yeah, um, I think Julio Rodriguez is, is really interesting. Um, I think that there's the most product out there of him. So like, I think there's some opportunities to maybe snag something really, really low if a lot of it's flooding the market at, at a time. Um, he's been of these guys, Torkelson and Witt kind of, you know, rose up really quickly. Uh, J-Rod has been kind of around for, for, for a while here. Uh, clearly a dynamic player in Seattle. Uh, so I just think he's somebody that you might be able to, from a value standpoint, you might be able to grab something in the hundreds dollars ranges where like Torkelson and Witt, if you're trying to get anything of like even just the refractor autos, which are out of 499 um, or anything, you know, with, with a number on him, on them, you're still going to be paying in the thousands of dollars, even while things are low. Now, I'd still say I'm, I'm most bullish on Witt. I mean, you, you see the five tool potential there. He was smashing in spring training and we don't talk much about that, but you know, I don't, I still would be shocked if he busts as a player. And I don't know if he's going to reach that kind of hype that people are anticipating him being like a Fernando Tatis type of player, but I would be shocked if he doesn't. So, you know, it would be him and Julio for me because they're more of the five tool guys. Torque, I'm a little bit just, I'm always a little bit iffy on these guys that are just going to be kind of, you know, low 200s power hitters. I like them. I think they hold a nice floor, but I don't think that they have the same type of ceiling as these wit Julio Rodriguez, Fernando Tatis, Ronald Acuna types that are going to be doing a little bit of everything all over the field. So yeah, I'd be looking at the, the Rodriguez and wits for, for their dips more than uh, Torkelson. All right. The sport that I'm most excited to get your take on, because I know you guys are crushing everything NBA playoff related from props to projections for DraftKings and FanDuel. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to follow along and, and get my lineups in when I can, but I've got many fond memories from last year when we kind of kicked this things off, kick this podcast off as we approach our pot anniversary. Late nights after games had wrapped up, recording NBA playoff recap shows, and then especially after Giannis secured his first ring and you got to flash some of those cards that you've been holding on to for a while. Giannis is already a guy that's kind of crested superstardom, and, and there's a few of these guys in this year's playoffs, especially. It's going to be a fun playoffs as this thing kind of rounds into rounds into shape. But is there anybody out there that's going to cement themselves in this playoff run, or has already started to cement themselves during this playoff run? Is not either not even just a superstar, but maybe kind of take that next leap into to becoming like a household name. Yeah, there really are. And it's a you, you hit it. Super fun playoffs. And what I'm seeing right now, as this has been the market I'm keeping the closest eye on, because probably, you know, my biggest uh, overall, uh, you know, position is, is in NBA players and and also ultra modern just from when I when I've gotten in is that we're seeing similar trends that we've seen the last two playoffs now from the bubble and right into last year. Uh, let's think back to Tyler Hero in the bubble and what happened there. Just crazy, crazy increases. And there's a couple guys bursting onto the scene on teams that can make runs. Uh, mind you, that are doing the same thing. We talked about this, and you go back and watch our old clips. Uh, I think I, I think I, my analysis on this is is really spot on, and, and the hype deserves an auction. And there's a couple guys that are really, really sitting there right now. I think we have to start with Jordan Poole. Um, we spoke about him preseason as a guy that was getting a ton of hype for the Golden State Warriors, uh, and now not only not only has he reached that hype. Um, Got some votes for most improved players. Not going to win it, but uh, I saw his name out there. Um, but he is full on become another splash brother right alongside Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Um, you know, he's in their new version of their death closing lineup, and he is, 
even in the playoffs, man, like it's crazy with Steph on the floor, sharing the story with Clay, he's doing his damn thing, man. He's, he's unbelievable putting up crazy numbers, big minutes, uh, you know, Kerr trusts him and you're seeing it. So let's just talk his, his card for, for a minute. Silver PSA 10. Okay. Um, it's up 61% over the last two weeks, up to <laughs> $637 for his silver PSA 10. Let me put that in context for you. Trey Young's PSA 10 silver is $750. This card is a hundred dollars less than Trey Young's card. Okay. It's crazy. The hype deserves an auction on this up. I put a freaking this card up last night. Hold on. Let me find it. Um, I put this card up last night. It's here somewhere because I know it was in my... Here we go. Just a pink ice. These were these came in like the retail, um, yep. you know, whatever whatever packs. These are widely circulated. It's It probably is like base and then, um, you know, Ruby Wave, Hyper, and then pink ice is like the most, most common. Uh, I have this card up to $80 right now, raw. It's not even like it's in fine condition, but I have like 85 watchers on it to end in a week. <laughs> Just a, a, a general thing. Um, yeah. I have a blue prism in really good condition that I plan on sending to PSA. I might just try to expedite it even if I pay 250 bucks to grade this card because I want to get this back while the Warriors are still in the playoffs. That's how crazy this stuff is right now. Um, he's the definition of hype deserves an auction. And I should say, I believe in the talent long term. I really do. But I know that there will be times for me to buy back in, in the offseason. And if you have Jordan Poole, the only thing I can recommend is selling right now uh, because it's, it, it's that hot. It really is. It's funny to look at his graph from the last six months, because if I remember right, we probably did that preseason yep. show in September or October. And he was probably getting, thereabouts. Yeah. And he was getting a lot of people were buying big time at the beginning of the season in the preseason too. Yeah, for sure. Right, was getting a lot of hype. If you look back to October, that card had peaked right around $480. And if you bought like after we had recommended that as a buy kind of towards the, the beginning of that, uh, the, the peak where the season had started and then just held on to it. You're probably feeling pretty bad about yourself come March yeah. uh, or begin, very beginning of April when that thing had dipped around 200, 175, $225. And then now you're seeing just over the last couple of weeks, the last month, this meteoric rise as, as he and the Warriors are kind of in the focal point of this playoffs run. And he just posted what? He just dropped like 30 the other day, 37 the other day or something like that. Yeah. It's like when you see these types of performances and they're on national TV and it's in the playoffs and people can start to get excited about like, oh, wow, this is the next Splash Brother. This is the, the, the team from the West that could win a title. They think that they're buying into that hype so they can sell towards, you know, when and this is what we talked about too with, with Joe Burrow during the NFL playoffs. Like when is the right time to sell? But I think as you just hit on, like as you're seeing this hype build through the first couple of weeks of the playoffs, the time to sell is when they're still in the playoffs. And if I'm not mistaken, they're up 2-0 on the Nuggets right now. Probably going to win that series. Yeah, I think they're like, going to sweep. They, yeah. they, they, look, they look as good as they have since – I said this last night to a speaking to a friend. The Warriors look as good right now as they have since Kevin Durant went down with that ankle injury three and a half years ago. Or wow. the Achilles injury three and a half years ago. They have not looked yeah. as this good since Kevin Durant was in a Warriors uniform. And it's because of Jordan Poole stepping right in. Oh, man, some great nicknames for this desk lineup. PTSD uh, for <laughs> Poole, for, for, uh, Poole, Thompson, um, you know, Steph and Draymond uh, is a great, great. is a great name, and they are dominant now. Devin Booker has an injury for the Suns. They were yep. minus one thirty to win the West yesterday. They are now plus one thirty, and the Warriors are plus one sixty five. So the Warriors wow. are right there to win this Western Conference. And I think if this hamstring injury lingers for 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 um for Booker and Phoenix, I think they are as good of a chance. So I do think you have a, a good month of Jordan Poole hype right now. Talk about feeling bad about yourself. Let me try to share my screen real quick. Um, I uh about whew, three weeks ago, man. And, you know, again, I truly try not to look back on. Um, I think I know what you're going to say. I, re I really try not to look back on. Can you see my screen? Can you see? 
this here. Oh yeah, I got you. Um, I really try not to look back on 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 former sales. Uh, I really don't. But I sold this card for a little under five grand. It's the one of one Nebula Spectra rookie card. Oh no. Um, on April fifth, I sold this. I had it up for ten for a while. Um, you know, wanted to wanted to move it. Uh, heading into the playoffs, wasn't sure about what the Warriors stood. And again, can't look back on this. But I I think I would get almost my asking price right now. That's how hot the market is. So yeah. You know, again, I have plenty of pool, and I'm I'm happy about it. And I'm going to be making moves on it uh, over the next couple weeks. But you know, it's really just just absolutely crazy um how how much this market is up and i i'd recommend taking advantage if i were uh, if i were you and you have some i thought you were going to say something else and you had you had me a little shook and you still might you still might break some news here i hope you don't but uh there's a couple of other hype names in the western conference as well one guy that i think is much obviously closer to superstardom and another guy that is kind of knocking on the doorsteps here as well and it's in the same series with the uh, memphis grizzlies and the minnesota timberwolves yeah john morant Anthony Edwards driving a whole lot of hobby hype right now. I have to say, I, I was looking at the Tiger Stripe PSA 10 on card ladder and I saw a sale on March 19th. Was that your card? It was not my card. It was not my card. Um, but what was, what was good about it, it was it, it's, it set my market for my card perfectly. Yeah, um, and it was exactly. exactly around the number that I've been talking about selling. So yeah, that was a PWCC auction, um, okay. which sold for, for 24,000, which very happy to see. I see card ladder values it a little bit higher now, 25,000. I was, I was in a weird spot with Ja because I was waiting for him to come back for injury before I sold because I thought I would have to sell low at the end of the year. He was out for the, pretty much the last two weeks of the season, and then he came back uh, for the last game of the season to kind of ramp up for the playoffs. Now, it's 1-1 with Memphis, Minnesota. Minnesota came out strong in game one, took game one. Last night, Memphis dominated game two, and Ja was a big part of that. Got scared again. Looked like he got a little thigh contusion, left the game, came back in. Um, so it might be dealing with a little bruise, but he looked just like Ja Moran looked. And right now, I am banking on them getting out of the series. And I think they will. I think they figured out. I think they cracked the code last night. If they can uh, keep getting Carl Anthony Towns in foul trouble, I think Memphis will take care of business. Now, the scary thing is they're going to run into the buzzsaw of the Golden State Warriors in the next round. So, you know, I'm figuring out what I want to do with some of these high-end jaw cards over the next two weeks or so. I want him to show himself on this big stage a little bit. Uh, and then I think I'm ready to pull the trigger on some of this high-end stuff, but not worried about it. His market hasn't moved. Um, it did a little bit towards the very end of the season when he was out for those two weeks, uh, was down um, slightly like like four or 5% across some of his stuff with those last two weeks of the regular season. And I think you're starting to see it already climb back up with him performing in the playoffs. So, uh, not concerned on Jaw, still very bullish on him. But, you know, I will say, you know, you probably have a week and a half to three weeks, depending on when that Warriors season ends, because I do not see this team being the Warriors right now, to get peaks uh, before we hit the offseason where, you know, it's going to inevitably dip a little bit. So you're, we're reaching the end of this Jaw uh, peak for the season in all likelihood. What do you do with the guy on the other side in Anthony Edwards, who by all accounts is, is probably going to end up losing this series, but his stuff, his silver PSA 10, which has a pop count pretty, pretty high already from that 2020 class of 621. Yeah. As Gary showing one on the screen there in raw condition, but that card is up 44 and a half percent over the last two weeks. The hype again is here for these names that are popping on social media, uh, the guys that people want to see, what are we doing with Anthony Edwards? If we think they're going to lose this series. Yeah. And you know, it's crazy. Cause even just that raw card, I was just showing is a $280 card <laughs> right now up 65% over the last two weeks. And a lot of that is, man, he just, put his stones on the table and said, I'm here. Like, screw everyone. I don't care if, if John Moran's the best player in the series. Uh, I am taking no shit from anybody. He uh, he put the team on his back to win game one, look great in the play-in as well. And, you know, it's just amazing to see the confidence this guy has and the sky's the limit for him. So, 
you know, I think, you know, really exciting. I just think that Ant and LaMelo are both still overvalued right now with that, with that yeah. 2021 class. Um, you know, we know that the uh, overall product is, was, you know, as far as, um, you know, amount of cards made that that year was going to be super high. We're still seeing them come back into the market, both in raw and graded form. So I think you're just seeing elevated prices. And my only advice gets to be to sell. That doesn't mean it's either sell or hold, because if you believe in them long term, it's going to be like a top 20 guy for 15 years. I cannot blame you. And I also probably do. Um, but I think there will be other better buying opportunities as more of that stuff floods the market and things will inevitably go down. So, you know, that's where I'm at with Ant. But, you know, definitely feel free to take advantage of some of this stuff. These three cards here, and we'll talk about one other guy, and then I think we'll get out of here uh, on that are are cards that I am just debating if I should just sell raw or try to hit into PSA real quick. I got a couple ant silvers. I got this Jordan pool blue. I got some Jordan pool silvers as well. And then this other guy, uh, if you don't mind me transitioning over to the East Tyrese Maxi, man, unfricking believable on Philadelphia. Um, you know, he's looked better than Harden and Embiid in these first two games for them. Yeah. Just completely taking the team on his back. Uh, doesn't turn the ball over, which I think is something that's pretty fascinating for a, uh, you know, type of lead uh, ball handling guard. But if you look at his first two games, as I'm trying to get some some box scores up here um, in the playoffs, you know, where the, the Sixers and he has game three tonight um, have taken, uh, you know, uh, career sorry, have taken a 2-0 lead here. Uh, 38 points in game one, uh, 38 uh, points in 38 minutes. And then last game had a near triple double, 23 points, nine rebounds, eight assists. Uh, wow. You know, the Raptors, are, you know, as Nick Nurse te- defenses tend to do, are doing everything they can to take out Embiid and Harden and shut down the stars. And Tyrese Maxey is benefiting from that. So, you know, his stuff also, uh, another hype deserves an auction guy. His raw silver is up 90% the last two weeks, up to almost $90, $100. Uh, those were like $30 two weeks ago. So mm-hmm. um, this is a purple out of uh, 99. Uh, just trying to figure out what to do with this really, uh, you know, low, uh, very high-end stuff for these guys that deserve auctions right now. I think we can often get accused of being too optimistic on this show. So I think it's good to come back from a three-week hiatus, a little negativity, a little sell advice from Gary Hartman on some of these guys in the playoffs. But I I could not agree more with just the way that the hype has driven over the last couple of weeks. And it's certainly not going to continue for everybody, right? Maybe one of these guys, one of these teams go on to win a championship, but not everybody's going to be there at the end of the year. If if you're high on these guys long-term, there will be buying windows sometime soon so i I think this was a fun episode back kind of going around the horn all the sports that we care most about uh all the sports that are kind of topical right now none better than obviously nba playoffs it's 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 been a lot of fun these first couple of days yeah absolutely and um you know we we have the nfl draft in uh what are we a week away um so man it's coming up i know we had a really fun episode right after the nfl draft last year about like fallout and how we anticipated uh things happening so i think we'll do something similar in two weeks um and maybe we'll get one of the etr nfl guys on to uh, help us break that stuff down but yeah lots of fun all i love this time of year for sports baseball uh you know ramping up uh, uh while nba uh you know really really gets gets cooking so um and, you know, obviously we have F1 uh, cruising. So choose in, tune into uh, Imola on Sunday morning. I think it's going to be another fun race. Looks like a rain race. Just we'll drop a quick, uh, you know, little betting nugget for all you. Carlos Sainz, the other driver of Ferrari, uh, an excellent, excellent driver in the rain. Uh, probably the best driver in the rain on the grid. So you can get like plus 800 or something for him to win the race right now. I would be interested in that if I were you. Um, but yeah, really, really happy to be back. Sorry about the hiatus once again. And, uh, you know, we, we'll be talking NBA playoffs. We'll be talking baseball. We'll be talking football uh, for everything. So. Back from the three-week hiatus with with nothing better than some F1 betting alpha. Go out, make some money, sell some cards, sell some NBA playoff hype, and we'll see you guys next week. For Gary, I'm Cody. See you later. Take care, everyone.